Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will continue to preach his message entitled, God Will Get the Glory. This is the third part of this message, which roots itself in Exodus 14 and is a part of our larger Exodus series. Pastor Chuck's goal from this message is to help us establish and grow in our understanding of God's power. So let's join with Pastor Chuck as he gives us one of his cornerstone thoughts for this message. Our cornerstone thought, for those of you maybe joining with us for the first time, those of us here, maybe for the second time, you're just getting to know Rebuild, you know, in our love culture, what we do here, what we're striving to do here, all of the, here's your cornerstone thought. This is the main idea, the big point, the major takeaway. Here's, here's where I wanted to direct our focus to this. Watch this. We learned last week about the purpose of God. And this week, we're going to learn about the glory of God. And so watch this. Last week, because these two are connected. The purpose of God can be seen through his promises and achieved through his power. That's what our cornerstone thought was on last week. But this is closely connected and ties into what we're learning from this week. We learn, right? We're learning. Here's your cornerstone thought. Here's what we're going to Let me just give it to you. Let me get, just give it to you. The glory of God. Here's your cornerstone thought. You ready? The glory of God is not just a churchy phrase that we speak. It's the manifestation of of the divine attributes and the God whom we seek. The glory of the God, the glory of God is not just a churchy catchphrase that we speak, but it is the manifestation of the divine attributes of the God in whom we seek. The one that we're seeking after, the one that we're striving after. So we want to continue to understand this. And so the question is, okay, what is God's glory? How will he get his glory? So here's three takeaways. How much time I got? Here's three takeaways. Here we go. Three takeaways. Is this good? Is this helpful already? Is this good? I hope this is blessing y'all. I hope you're being blessed by this. I hope this is coming through for you. I hope this is blessing you. Here we go. Here's some, here's some, here's some, here's some takeaways for us today. Here's some takeaways, right? Three takeaways. I'm going to give them to you all, and we're going to get into them, break them down. Three takeaways. First of all, this is not a takeaway, but I'm going to define glory as best I can, right? But here's your three takeaways. One, takeaway number one, God will get glory over our enemies, over our enemies, external. God will get glory over our enemies. Here's your second takeaway. God will get glory over our enemies, those internal enemies. God is going to get glory over those. Your third takeaway, here we go. God is going to get glory out of you. God's going to get glory out of you. There's your three takeaways. God will get glory over your enemies. God is going to get glory over your enemies. And God is going to get glory out of you. Whether you believe it or not, God is going to get glory out of you. Whether you receive him or not, God is going to get glory out of you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to do like, um, y'all know the, the, the game that everybody loves to play when we get together, the game taboo. Game taboo. Game taboo is, you know, you get a card, uh, you have a word that you're trying to describe to the people to that way they get to answer it and try to respond to it and see if they can come up with the word that you're trying to describe. And then they also give you five words that you cannot use. You cannot use these words to describe uh, whatever that word is on the card. So we're going to be, we're going to do like church taboo today. Right? Church taboo. The game, not that evil spirit. Right? We're not, we're not dealing with that. We're dealing with, we're dealing with the game itself. 
the natural game. And it's like I'm flipping up a card today and I got the word glory. I got the word glory, God's glory. That's what I got. And I'm going to do my best to try to describe to you, to define to you what the glory of God is. But I already know I'm limited. I'm limited by it. My finite mind can't really capture the grasp, the depths, and the beauty of, of what God's glory truly means and how to communicate it rightly in a way that is, 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 is easily comprehensible for you. But I'm going to do my best, right, based off what he's taught me as I, as I prepared for this and what he'll teach us in this moment, I'm going to do my best. So this is like, this is like our, our Rebuild Taboo family moment. And here I am, I got the card in my hand, and I'm going to try to do my best, knowing that I'm limited by this, to explain to you, to do my best to define to you what the glory of God is, right? And for some of us, again, this is going to help us establish a foundation in our understanding of this. For others, it's going to further our understanding in this. Watch this. <clears throat> here we go. The word glory comes from the Hebrew word, which means weight or heaviness. Weight or heaviness, right? God is for us, the Lord, our God, our mighty God, is to be weighed heavily upon, or as we would say, to be depended heavily upon. We want to lean holy. Uh, we sung this on the, on, on the prayer call. Uh, Joy Joy brought this out on our prayer call. She says the lyrics of, the, of that great contemporary hymn says, my hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy. I put my whole entire weight. I don't trust any other structures. I don't trust any other buildings that say they give me hope, any other buildings that say they give me peace, other buildings that say they give me a, emotional health. I don't trust in all of these other things that say it brings me financial peace and prosperity. I don't, I don't, I don't hold it, but I wholly, I take all of myself, I wholly lean on Jesus' name. Listen, my hope is built, the cornerstone, that cornerstone, that's what, my hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust. I don't even consider, nor should I ever trust or believe in any sweetest frame. No matter how beautiful this financial strategy looks, no matter how perfect uh, this educational resource is, no matter how strong my, my uh, work network is, I dare not trust in the sweetest frame. All those, those they have benefit. All those, they are, are profitable. But I dare not put my full weight on those things. I put it solely and fully on Christ. And so as we grow in our knowledge of him, we decrease so that he increases in us and on us because of the weightiness of his essence. When the glory of the, the weightiness of his essence brings me down to a position of humility and dependence on him. The weightiness of, it can't be explained in my mind. I can't process it enough because it's a weighty topic. It's just hard to understand. You ever been working in uh, uh, calculus or pre-algebra or algebra itself and you, or trigonometry? That was one of the worst ones for me. As much as I was good in math and understand, trigonometry was the worst. And I used to look at those formulas and it was so heavy it was so weighty I couldn't process it but then I would watch I would watch my instructor do it I would watch my professor do it and it would just flow on the board like it was easy like it was nothing to him and in a small glimpse of that all illustrations break down but that's how it is to understand the glory of God the depths of it it's weighty to understand him when you feel it's weighty but then when I watch my father do it when I watch my heavenly father do it when I watch my daddy do it it just comes seamless to him because it's his nature it's who he is it's his 
essence. It's his being. It's his isness. It's his amness. And so, listen, God's glory points to his position. He's the supreme ruler. He's, he's the sovereign God. It displayed in his power, his power, his resurrection power, the same power that raised Christ up from the dead. It brings forth his purpose. His purpose is to seek and save the lost. It's not his will that any should perish, but all that should come to repentance and faith to him. And it's reflected in his people, the church of the true and living God. That glory is reflected back unto him, unto the true and living God. So watch this. Glory speaks to the greatness, the beauty, and perfection of all that he is, and watch this, forever will be. Let me say that one more again, one more time. Let me say this. Glory, God's glory speaks to the greatness, beauty, and perfection of all that he is and forever will be. The glory of God is harder to describe than, than, than the beauty of a bride walking down the aisle or, or, or watching the, the glow of the glow of the moon on the beautiful ocean as you're, as you're taking a cruise. It's, it's harder to describe than the cover of the leaves and the falls if you're living in the mountains or you're traveling that way. It's harder to explain than watching the sunset while you're sitting in the park after a long day. It's harder to describe and the list goes on and on and on, but it speaks to the greatness and beauty and perfection of all that he is and forever will be. I love the way Dr. Tony Evans describes God's glory is, listen, it's a summary concept of the visible manifestation of the attributes of God. Of the visible manifestation of the attributes of God. Listen to what Romans says, the Apostle Paul says about this. He says, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. Every time you go outside, every time the Lord wakes you up, you're seeing God's glory. The fact that he has provided a space for you to live in, a home for you to live in, soon as you open up a bed to lay in, he's opening your eyes, you're experiencing the glory of God. Every time you see the sunrise, you're experiencing the glory of God. Every time you see the sway, the trees sway in the wind, you're seeing the glory of God. Every time you look and see the stars in the night, you're seeing the glory of God. Every time you see the, the creative minds of, of mankind, here in the earth, you're seeing the glory of God by which he's given us insight and wisdom and skills and talents to be able to create highways and buildings and, and other technological advances. All of that, what you're seeing on in display is the glory of God. These invisible attributes, they're clearly seen, being understood by all things that are seen. Even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Family, we are without excuse of being able to have tangible evidence of the glory of God, <coughs> of the glory of God. John 1:14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace, full of truth. When we get a glimpse into Jesus, when we get into his word, the Lord, the Holy Spirit begins to give us a glimpse more and more of who Jesus is. We're beholding his glory. Oh, 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 I never know how much it costs to see my sins upon that cross. Every time we remember what Christ did for us on the cross, we're beholding his glory full of grace, full of truth. I love the way Pastor Rick Warren says this. He says, listen, what is the glory of God? It is who God is. It is the essence of his nature. 
is the weight of his importance. It is the radiance of his splendor. It is the demonstration of his power. It is the atmosphere of his presence. I've got to take some time to make sure you get to understand what the glory of God means and what it is as best I can. And I'm still limited in my delivery of this, of this truth. But it says, watch this. It says, what is the glory of God? He says, it is who God is. It is his isness. It's his amness. It is the essence of his nature. It is the weight of his importance. He is so important to us. He is so important for us. The radiance of his splendor, the demonstration of his power, and the atmosphere of his presence. Family, I hope that sets the table for you right now. I hope that's, that sets the table for you, put, for you to pull your chair up and begin to really feast on the glory of God right now. And to begin to have your mind begin to, 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 to recirculate the, the beauties that the Lord has shown you here in the earth and in your life. Those, those testimonies that the Lord has given you to remember how glorious the Lord is. So here we go. Here's our three takeaways. We're going to try to move through these as quickly as we can. Here we go. Here's three takeaways. God will get the glory over our enemies. Look back in verse 4. He says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts. And the Egyptians shall know that I'm the Lord. <clears throat> the Egyptians shall know God is going to get glory over your enemies. In verse 17, he says the same thing. I just read it earlier. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots and his horsemen. God will get glory over your enemy. We said it last week. <clears throat> He said what he did. <clears throat> I don't know what's going on with my throat today, but we're going to press through. He said what he did before he did what he said. He already spoke victory to you, family. When you came into the loving knowledge and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ by way of the gift of salvation that you purposed to receive, you made a decision to receive, you already got victory. You were seated in Christ in the heavenly place. You already were given victory because all of the promises in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. He already gave you victory. He already remembered his covenant. He saved you and redeemed you. So if he did it back then on Calvary's cross, he'll do it right now today, uh, July 19, 2020. Regardless of what we're experiencing with corona, regardless of what we're experiencing with matters of race, regardless of what we're experiencing in finances, God has already spoken victory. He's already declared. He's already manifested through the person and work of Jesus Christ. It's already been established in that. And in this chapter, he's, he's playing out the final scene of what victory is going to look like. And so here's what we need to do, family. Here's what I want you to see. We need to do the faithing while God is doing the fighting. We need to do the faithing. God does the fighting. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because God will get victory over our enemies. Here's where your action step. Keep the faith. There's your action step. Keep the faith. We need to do the faithing. God does the fighting. Keep the faith. Faith, uh, faith is the substance thing that Hebrews tells us. It's the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't see it in the natural, but we can see it in the spirit. And that's where on last week we can declare, I will see my way out of this because it's by faith. Uh, Romans 5 tells us we are justified by faith. And so we walk this out by faith. So we do the faithing while we watch God do the fighting. Oh, the prophet told his servant, 
Oh, his servant said, oh, they encamped all around us. He said, go out and look again. And he looked at the end and he saw the enemy around us. And he thought the prophet was going crazy. And the prophet told him, go back and look again. And he looked again and he saw the enemy one more time. And he was like, one, and I don't know what the prophet talking about. This man must be crazy. He must be on something else. And the prophet told his servant, go out, look again. And the last time he looked, he saw the armies of the Lord and camped around his enemy. He thought the enemy was vast. He thought the enemy was large. He thought the enemy had him in. But the prophet said, go and look again. And he saw the Lord of hosts, the commander of heaven's armies, all encamped around the enemy. And just like the same way that the children of Israel thought that Pharaoh and all of his armies had them surrounded, had them encamped in. Oh, Moses said, oh, no, 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 no. No, listen, listen, listen. Listen what the Lord told me to tell you. Fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord. And that's where we'll pause for the day with that powerful reminder to stand firm and see the salvation of our Lord. Thank you for taking the time with us today. If you would like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That's www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we would love to have you join us. On our website, you can find the dates that we are meeting in person as we are still operating under a modified schedule due to the pandemic. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Please join us for our next episode where Pastor Chuck preaches part three of this message entitled, God Will Get the Glory. 